For important disclosure information, please visit acgwealthmanagement.com forward slash podcast disclosure. Hello and welcome to ACG Wealth Management's monthly Investor Insights video. I'm Bobby Moyer and I'm joined with my colleague Sandy Wiggins. Sandy, we had a pretty good month for the markets. Why don't you get in and tell us about the numbers? The S&P 500 was positive by 3.2% in July. This is the fifth month in a row that the index was positive. The index is now positive by 20.65% for the year. The NASDAQ also had another good month returning 4.1% and is positive year-to-date by 37.7%. The S&P 600 small cap index outperformed the S&P 500 large cap index in July. It returned 5.5%, but continues to lag the S&P 500 year-to-date as it only is positive by 11.9% year-to-date. The top-performing S&P sector for July was energy, which finally showed some life. The index returned 7.4%, followed by communication services and financials. Within the financials, regional banks continued to show positive performance. The KRE ETF, which tracks the regional banks, returned 19.25% in July but remains negative year-to-date at 15.6%. The two worst-performing sectors for the month were healthcare and real estate, posting just a little over 1%. Within international markets, emerging markets had a great month returning 6.3%, and the EM index is up 11.7% year-to-date. Developed markets also had an average month returning 3.2%, and is positive by 15.8% year-to-date. The Chinese markets had a strong July. The iShares China Large Cap ETF, ticker FXI, returned 11.9% in July and is now positive year-to-date by 8.1%. The China Internet ETF, ticker KWEB, was positive by 18.7% in July and is now positive year-to-date. Interest rates had a relatively volatile month in July as they shot up higher early in the month, stabilized, even fell during the middle of the month, and then increased sharply near the end of the month on the surprise announcement from the Bank of Japan. When the month closed, long-term rates were higher at the close of the month than they were at the start of the month. The higher long-term rates resulted in a negative monthly return for the Bloomberg U.S. Aggregate Bond Index. That index fell seven basis points in July, but remains positive year-to-date. Well, thanks for going through those numbers, Sandy. Appreciate it. And, you know, July had something else that was, you know, historic or different happen. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was positive for 13 straight days during the month. This hasn't happened since 1987. And I actually heard, and I didn't fact check this, but I heard it happened twice in 1987. But if we would have got to that 14th day, that would have been the first time it happened since 1897. Uh, so a long time coming to see the market just go up and go up every single day. 
And not that I, I think many people follow the Dow Jones anymore just because of some of the, the technicals of, of the Dow Jones, um, but it's still, I think, a little bit of a fun fact and something that talking heads like to pick up on TV, and I guess you and I might be on TV, so we're talking heads too and could talk a little bit about some of the fun of 13 straight days and almost got that 14th day. Yeah, another fun fact was the interest rate increase. The Fed raised rates 25 basis points. Uh, to their target of 5.25 to 5.55. Yeah, it was a fun fact. Nothing historic about that as interest rates have, you know, been raised, what, 11 of 12 meetings after 10 consecutive, a pause, and then we see, you know, another 25 basis point hike um, in July. And so the, the 25 basis points, you're right, was not, was not historic, but we haven't seen uh, rates this high since uh, 2001. It's been, it's been quite a while. So that that part certainly is historic in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, 22 years. I, I guess we're hitting all these things that are, are new or historic. And you know, I was vocal on you know going back after the, their June meeting that they were going to skip this and, and do a pause um, two months in a row. And clearly, I was wrong. And you know, you look at some of the data that's coming out there. The the headline CPI number released in July was three percent. Uh, the core was 4.8. So, you know, these, these are coming down significantly from where we were a year ago and even the last several months. But, you know, the, the Fed sees inflation above their target. We also got GDP for the second quarter, came in at 2.4%. Above the street expectations were 2 So when, I guess, I, I could understand that you, you, the argument is we're above where we want to be from inflation. The economy is still running well, we don't see a recession coming, actually stronger than many people are predicting. So let's keep raising rates until, I guess, until we break something, until we get inflation back to maybe our 2% target or, or maybe a little lower than where we are now. So maybe I understand it. Um, still, I, I completely disagree with it. I don't think it was necessary. Not sure how much of an impact this will have, but you know, they did it. So I, I think it's time for me to move on from that. Yeah, and, and, and there's talk of additional rate increases. They kept that on the table. Um, they also, you know, mentioned the impact of the banking failures early in the year that we may not have fully felt the impact of that. So uh, a lot of data still to be looked at, and interest rates will continue to be part of our conversation. Yeah, they sure will. Talking about the labor markets and, and inflation, obviously those, those two things are, are closely uh, connected we we saw UPS avoid a strike. Yeah. Uh, that obviously is a, is a good thing for uh, supply chain and, and ongoing improvements in the overall economy. But the the message there is unions and individuals have the upper hand right now on employers, and, and wages are going to continue to go up. Uh, we did see some uh, smoothing, so to speak, of some of the indicators as far as job positions, uh, quits. Those indexes are, are improving. Um, we did see a, a tamer uh, cost, employment cost index yeah. that came in at one versus 1.1. So, you know, again, employment is a big part of it. That's gonna continue to drive inflation, but we're seeing some improvements there. Yeah, as long as wages are, are you know, higher, it's harder on employee businesses to lower costs, right? Because they're in this, we saw this in the airlines, we see this in a lot of areas of the market. I think a lot of restaurants, food's more expensive, and it's really about paying the workers. So the Fed's focused on labor, and the, the employment picture, to your point, is very tight. Wages are, are beginning to stabilize, at least. We're not seeing those big increases. You mentioned the employment cost index. It's a good indicator. 
one indicator, one month, how much does it tell us, I don't know, but you know, good to see a little bit of, of stabilization. So if we move away from maybe the U.S. a little bit to another maybe surprising event that happened during the month, and that was an announcement the Bank of Japan made on the, the last Thursday of July where markets were up again on that July. That would have been the 14th straight day. The Dow Jones would have been positive. We would have hit that really historic moment. But then at 1 o'clock comes across the tape that the Bank of Japan is going to allow their one year or their 10-year government yields to get to 1%, which has been low and negative, and, and short-term rates are, are negative um, still. That was a big news in the markets right there at 1 o'clock. You could, you could draw the line in the sand and see what happened. The equity markets sold off um, somewhat significantly, up, up marginally to, to down and closing down. I think the Nasdaq was down over 1.5% that day. Yields, 10-year yields, moved back over 4%. They spiked. The VIX, we saw a spike in VIX, which we've been talking a little bit about here. Again, being more interested in surprises in the market. And this was clearly a surprise and, and caught everybody a little bit off guard. And the, the theory behind this, I guess the thesis is that Japanese investors now are big investors in U.S. Treasuries. They now can move their money from, from the U.S. back home and invest in their own currency or their, their own government bonds. And you know, we also saw the dollar weaken versus the yen uh, on this news. So it, it caught everybody off guard and, and you started hearing that night saying, okay, here's the catalyst to a, a three, five percent correction in the markets. But I don't think that's what happened. Yeah, on Friday, the, the market actually you know, looks very strong and, and, it, and you wouldn't have even have known anything about the, 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 uh, the Japanese monetary policy change. So. Something, no. monitor, something to monitor, though, just to keep For an sure. eye on the currency markets, you know, what's going on there could have an impact. Uh, but this seemed to be short-lived, and what was all over the news, that at least the news I watched, the, the, the market news on, on Thursday night ended up, you know, just I was surprised Friday that we, we got the update after, you know, how concerned people were uh, over this news. Yeah, well, overall, the market's still, you know, showing a lot of resilience. The economy's chugging along, and... Uh, you know, to your point also, Bobby, about anticipating, for instance, what we, we might have thought Friday morning was going to be the case with the market isn't always what we, what we expect. And, and it's just a great example of staying in the market, not getting too fancy uh, with trying to time it, move in and out. Uh, it's really about picking the right strategy, the right risk tolerance having good sound uh, judgment and letting it, letting it play out over time. Well said, Sandy. You've been in this industry a long time. That's great advice. Yeah. Uh, I love that. Uh, so let's wrap it there. Uh, we'll see you back here in September. Looking forward to it. For important disclosure information, please visit acgwealthmanagement.com forward slash podcast disclosure.